Hello, my name is Janice B. Gordon, and this is Scale Yourselves Podcast. Welcome to Scale Yourselves Podcast. I am Janice B. Gordon, the customer growth expert, recommended by LinkedIn Sales as one of 15 innovating influencers to follow. In today's episode of Scale Yourselves Podcast, my guest talks extensively about their program and how she has become aware of the generational differences in women in sales, the opportunities and the challenges for each. So we had an extensive conversation of the impact of several generations being in sales and also how their program, the IES Women in Sales Leadership Program, helps to mentor many of the new people coming into the sales industry. And one of the challenges is to them about expressing and communicating their value. So the thing is, is that many younger women are open uh, to express their views, but actually the industry doesn't always accept and absorb the way that people communicate. And it's a generational difference in communication. So it's really quite interesting, the impact on sales, the impact on industry, and the impact of uh, people working remotely, all of that we covered in the conversation. It was brilliant. So you're going to love this. My next guest is co-founder and director of the Women in Sales Leadership Center at the Institute of Excellence in Sales, IES. So welcome to Scale Your Sales podcast, Gina Stracuzzi. Thank you, Janice. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Well, I, I know we've had you on before, but we always have such a great conversation that I really wanted to get you on again. And particularly starting off, I'd love to talk to you about uh, generational differences in women in sales, because we've talked about women in sales, but what are the generational right. differences and opportunities and challenges from your perspective? Well, wonderful. Yeah, it's it's a question that's kind of front and center on a, on a couple of levels. We we have the executive women in sales forum, which we have women from all over the world that join us. And it's really a program meant for women who are on the leadership track already. You know, they're um, senior directors, uh, you know, and, and the titles really don't mean anything because they're so different within every company. It's just they they people manage. They've been on that track for a while. And it's really to make sure they don't get stuck. Because that happens to women in middle management a lot. You know, we leave the workforce perhaps for uh, maternity leave um, or, you know, even just raising kids. Sometimes you have to go back and forth or aging parents or whatever the case is. And so easy for women to get stuck in that middle ground. Recently, though, we have started a an emerging leaders forum. And this is for brand new managers and those who are, are, you know, just about to be um, taking on their first management role. And Janice, it is so interesting to listen to the differences in what the women perceive as challenges and 
opportunities and all of it. And it, it it's becoming very clear that the new generations coming into management, into leadership, they feel much more empowered than let's say we did. And they don't, you know, there are still boorish people everywhere and there always will be. It's what keeps the world exciting. Um, but they don't feel that same level of not being seen, not being heard. Um, and, you know, what I talk to them about and what the, the speakers talk to them about a lot is to make sure that they continue using their voices, but in a way that is really constructive careers, not just, and this is something we hear from the executives, like, that, that guy hurt my feelings. I'm going to HR. You know, <laughs> it's so use your voice in a really constructive way that helps your career because what we see still in at the executive level is women who got in the habit young in their careers of not speaking up. And once it's a habit, it's really hard to break. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You don't get that strength, that initiative to immediately, you know, all of a sudden say, I'm going to use my voice now. I'm, I'm 40 and now I'm ready. So it's interesting to see the dichotomy where younger generations are speaking up, but what, what's, we're seeing is that it's not always the most productive way of speaking up. So it's it's very interesting because they really do feel empowered to take on their own destiny in ways that we didn't. And it is it is quite interesting, especially when they work together, um, because the the young women feel like they can say anything. And sometimes the older women are like, Okay, that's great that you feel empowered, but maybe don't say everything. <laughs> so, <laughs> so don't give away your secrets. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And don't, yeah. you know. It's I think not it's about a really him. interesting point, Gina, because, you know, generationally, you think uh, being uh, um, uh, natives of the new technology and so growing up with social media where you talk about everything, everything's exposed. People are anonymously giving out their, their opinion. So, you know, the training is to expect to be heard that you have yeah. a voice. Um, right. And so I think it's interesting what you're saying about how that plays out in the sales environment for women in sales where you always have these two kind of polar opposites where the way that you know people like you and I were brought up is to be like children really you can be Mm -hmm. seen but not heard you don't have right you know you don't have power and and we we saw that very much in our mothers but we're expected to continue um that and I I think it's quite quite challenging I spoke to another sales leader and he was saying that in his company he has uh, under him four generations and yes. four very different generations 
where you have to the the way that you disseminate information the language you use when you're talking about the same thing but you know mm -hmm. the way that people interpret it differently so uh, and it's never happened before that you had that many generations within the workforce all um, um, vying for the same thing um, right so, you know he, it's really challenging for leaders of organizations to how oh, yeah. appreciate that. There's some people will be politically connect, uh, correct and others that won't be and feel mm -hmm. it's OK. It's you know, it's it is a real challenge, isn't it? It is. It is. And, um, you know, everybody wants the, you know, the, the women that, that I work with, the older women, they really want these women to succeed and in it is a to your point a really um challenging communication situation because there is this assumption almost to a fault that you will get what you need and get what you want um you just need to make it known and i'm a, i'm a big proponent of women make making their career goals and aspirations um, known to their leaders because people can't give you what they don't know you want, right? Um, but there is this other side of it, and it has really become quite the con topic of discussion. And it, it's we had a conference about three weeks ago, and uh, Mary Shea spoke, and she actually quoted you. In one of her slides, um, we were talking about uh, hybrid work and what's won and lost. And it's it's really interesting for sales leaders who are trying to build strong sales teams, right? And they have this whole new wave of young people coming in who want to work remotely. But as you and I know, I mean, selling is a team sport you you really need that energy that juice that you get out of being part of it plus as i said at the conference if i was left to my own devices and when i started selling if i was selling from my dining room table i would not be standing here because i would not have stayed in sales i stayed in sales because there was an excitement that happened by being part of a collective um, misery sometimes, you know, and then you get so excited. It's like, oh, my God, I got someone on the phone. You know, it's like just those little things and listening to people sell and how they do it. And all of those things really go, as far as I'm concerned, making a really strong, um, resilient salesperson who can take those ups and downs and and really grow from them. Um, I want to say that it, going back to your, your point a few minutes ago about the four generations in a in the workforce right now, a woman who is uh, involved with the forum um, and she's been facilitating her set her a session for the executive forum for five years. Uh, her name is um, Kiara Fenderson from the Ambition Studio, and she is now coaching companies on how to speak to these four generations. And, and it's, it's like an all hands thing. 
and everybody works on it together and it's really quite interesting the the very different ways that we communicate and what is being picked up and what is being left by the the wayside so i think those generational differences are going to play out in a big way over the next four to five years um especially when you add in this i don't really want to be in an office kind of sentiment so it's i as a as a a speaker and a facilitator and a collaborator i'm trying to keep people talking about these companies talking about these challenges because this idea that you, we're just going to throw things at the wall and see what sticks in terms of these new hybrid approaches is is really quite fascinating and at the conference um when mary was talking we really got into some interesting things that companies are doing and people are doing to try to stay part of the team and really get the juice from each other um get that collaborative energy that where innovations and creativity happens and and so this whole generational piece is going to be such a significant part of where we go and how we all make it work i mean do you see the same thing over there i mean are people back in the office do you know i because here i am in my garden office at home happy as larry and when uh i get a call to go and work with the company it's like do you really need me to leave my comfortable office do you know do you need me in person and um so even i have that i think it depends on a comfort zone is and i've created a whole studio around me so i can yeah. do as good you know from my studio office as in person without all of that that travel um and so i have reevaluated what i do and i and many uh, organizations i work with also reevaluate what they do and i think it's kind of it's like the pendulum it swings doesn't it and so it, it swings one way where we're all you know remote and, and virtual companies they've got you know huge overheads in offices they're trying to swing it all back again but actually it will never fit to what it was and it, that not. isn't the most active model. So we're kind of trying to negotiate the bit in the middle. But I think one thing that's missing, we haven't yet. We've got a lot of the technologies. I mean, look how far Zoom and, and the like yeah. have come on. But we haven't yet got all of the collaborative technologies in place that it actually as if you're face to face. There's always going to be a compromises, but there's always going to be some elements where it's actually it's um, more cost effective it's better on 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 time management or whatever it may be or your the learning that you get online can be depending on who's facilitating can act more effective in terms of the memory curve you know um, uh, what you you can do with it but the technology is still kind of catching up with where we need to be where it's seamless so i think it's just a pendulum we're swung one way we're going to swing back again until we find our happy normal normal whatever normal might be and i think in terms of what you were saying about the four generations 
I actually think those four generations are going to start to come together, that it won't be four separate silos of people that want something different. It will mm -hmm. be a blending as, you know, one generation at the extreme towards because they have to because of the technology and and what the you know the the economy and the environment what likes and your customers and all of that to fit whatever this norm box is and you know the uh the new generations coming up into the workplace we always have to learn and adapt what what does it mean to be in a working environment you know right. what is the language that we have to use to be in a work what is the business speak what is the you know the jargon and to, we have, they have to learn that as well what is and isn't uh, acceptable but along with all you know the the long-term generation has to learn with how to be more um creative and innovative and fluid you know to really embrace that so i think there will be a coming together oh um, yeah so i mean and, and that's yeah I, I really think i agree with that completely uh i do personally believe um that there is something lost by not being in a room with somebody and and not having that proximity to just the energy that we get from other human beings. Um, so I am a fan of companies and employees working together to come up with two or three days, however it looks, where everybody gets the same access to leadership. And the same opportunity and it's not scattershot you know come in any two days you want you know that doesn't work because then we're just in front of a screen anyway yeah but, but you know, i do think gina that there is a leveling that this new environment has given us in that you would have you know with you come from the sales environment you know you've got the you know it's still the boys club and oh, you know, yeah. on the golf course lots of deals done all of that right so if yep. you were um, a woman, then a lot of that, that was not accessible to you. As you said earlier, you might have additional responsibilities, whether it's older or, or younger. So certain that or night drinking, all of this wasn't available <laughs> to you. Now, if anyone's living in these little boxes in the, in, in the gallery, not, I'm not saying that that's uh, the best way, but if a lot of people have to conduct their relationships with mm. their leaders, internal and external relationships then there is a, there's less of that kind of favoritism and uh behind closed doors conversations uh and especially talking about the younger generation they like transparency they do not like all of this cloak and dadders uh, behind closed doors Definitely so i do not. think there's real bits in as we learn to navigate this new world, there's absolutely many more benefits and a leveling out of the roles that men and women play, whether it's business, personal, in the home, you know, looking after family, all of that. So I do think there's a real positive aspect to this that's going to be a real leveler. Oh, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. For my you know, my soapbox, it's just making sure that what doesn't happen is that more men go into the office and therefore get visibility because women are now, they've worked all the childcare, everything 
in and I don't know what it's like in England, but childcare here right now is abysmal. Yeah, and so a lot of women have worked. They've got this, you know, rhythm going, which is awesome. But it also takes away potential opportunities. And one thing I am a little concerned about, two things. I am concerned that some women, certainly not all, but some women will lose that sense of identity that being outside the house and showing up someplace with a completely different mindset. And, you know, so that part I wonder about. But what I do like that go to your point is now companies and people and employees are working together more because it cannot be this adversarial. First, you know, first the employers had all the power and then it seemed like the employees had all the power. And now it's like, why do you want me back there? What are your intentions? You know, all of that kind of stuff. And that doesn't serve anybody. At the end of the day, it doesn't serve anybody. But the other concern I have to your point about younger generations, if they never go into an office, they don't learn the protocols and the um, graciousness that it takes to work with difficult people. And, um, you know, it just, it, there's, for me, it was a major growth thing working in offices and coming face to face with someone who's just like in my face or, you know, whatever the case is. You just, you learn so much about how to be an adult, really. And so I just, you know, I wonder about all these things. It's not, it's not like I think all, one is always all bad. It is taking the good parts of both and figuring out how that's going to work and how it's going to serve every generation of women. And that's really my, my end goal, as I know it is yours. Um, just, Let's make sure we're doing things in an intentional way that keeps moving the needle forward for opportunities for women. And that's really the end goal, that we don't get lost somewhere in this stuff that, that you know, that's happening now. And we find a way to stay powerful and get, get even more of what we need in this new reality. And yeah. That's where I think the generational differences are quite profound. And I think we can learn a lot from, you know, the younger generation. And if they're open to it, they can learn a lot from us. Mm-hmm. I, I love your, you, you know, the points that you're, you're making. I think it's really important. I think that would be a great research project or, yes. or just a measure for the, uh, HR as to what percent of men are in, in the office. And um, what's the implication of that against the percentage of of women? And, you know, if there is um, uh, a step up because of that, then how they, you know, if you're not measuring it, (laughs) you don't know. Well, that's it. But I do, that did make me think, yeah, that's, you know, really, oh, this is why I love talking to you, Gina. (laughs) (laughs) I think those deep thoughts. it haven't we We've, uh, we have we have <laughs> we're you know we're stages now 
okay i'm gonna switch it up a, a, a bit because you know uh, i i love to kind of like see uh, what your opinion is on various things and one i often ask people in terms of practical strategies because we want to make it you know really grounding and relevant and one of the core things that you know you talked about customer uh, century and i i you know talk about that quite a lot a lot as well is just to make it you know, what is the, if there was only one thing you could advise people to do to ensure that we continue to modernize sales and we continue to enable buyers to buy, what would that be? I, I would say one, don't be afraid of AI. Embrace it and let it work for you. And then, I mean, I think Mary pointed out there's so many speakers at the conference, but I'm pretty sure it was Mary because <laughs> she was doing all the stats that yeah, buyers Mary come. Is the oracle. Oh, so you, I know, you, I know. So I, I love, I that love having her. <laughs> and she's such a storyteller along with it. You know, yeah. she's not just dry. Here are the numbers. Yeah. Um, so she was talking about like 70 percent, 75, I don't know, something like that percent of buyers come to the table, you know, armed. I mean, they know what they want. They know what is out there, right? And so you only have you only have that small opportunity to really get their attention and make it make it memorable for them. And so that's not and it's not always going to be about price. But if you if you are a seller who hasn't embraced the latest technology and if you're not utilizing ai um and how it is impacting your industry you can be pretty sure your buyer is so if you're not if you're not up to speed if you're no i don't want to touch that i'm afraid of that um i think that that is going to really limit your impact with the buyer because you've got to be able to respond in a way that is going to resonate with them. And if they've done their homework, which is what the, you know, the research is telling us that they, they're, they know what they want and they know what's available. So you need to be able to respond in a way that shows that you know what's happening in the marketplace and you know what their options are and you can address them. Like I know you have the ability to buy from this person or company or this company. And they offer this, this, and this. And be ready. And then be able to say, here's what we can do differently. Yeah. I love that. What I, what I love is that, you know, you said em embrace AI. And, um, the thing is, if you on guess uh, your generational people that are after your role are and uh, along with your buyers, are so you've got to be in the game that your your customers are if you're not in the game then you know you're out of it so there's kind of there's a threat on both on all sides really isn't there if you remain relevant so I, I i do love that having to embrace new technologies new way of thinking and to remain relevant not only for your buyers but if you want to stay in your role as as well you know i want to tell you a quick story and I remind myself of this anytime I, I read too much of, oh my God, you know, the sky is falling. 
because of some new technology. Every, and I learned this um, in my graduate program at NYU, every single media and technology that has come on, come into our lives, starting with writing, going from oral to writing stories, has been categorized of as the end of the world as we know it. You know, writing, taking this the power away from the orators, well, oh my God, how can that be? We need our storytellers. And then the printing press, well, how do we know that they'll get it right? It's, you know, all of every single thing that has come on to mankind has been poo-pooed and it's a of change. You know, and so we, we can either adapt or we can get left by the wayside. Mm-hmm. And yes, there will be winners and losers, but that's where innovation happens. You know, if, if for some reason you feel like it, you know, I read something that said AI won't put a good person out of work. It'll put the people who are only kind of moving along. So if you're in sales and your numbers aren't great, and you're just kind of coasting, yeah, you could be in jeopardy, yeah. Because there are things that this technology can do quite rapidly, and there is that, but that happens with every technology. Things get more efficient. Exactly, and it changes the role. It may be that, you know, remember there's all of those scare tactics, you know, in the sales industry, most people are losing their jobs. You know, 10 years ago, there was all of that in in the press, you know, like the percentage of people that won't be in work and all of that. Well, it hasn't happened as yet, but there will be some roles that go. And thankfully, there will be some very mundane roles that we want them to go. But there will be new roles. That's what we're not considering. There'll be new opportunities, you know, that will come along. We don't all know what that is, but it's kind of, if we're embracing it, many young people are taking um, classes now in things that they think will be relevant in the future. It, you right. know, so that's the kind of attitude you've got, you've got to have. It's all about a mindset. It's being ready whatever comes rather than fearful and putting the barriers up as to whatever comes yeah yeah and, and with that there's a person that i i know very much has that kind of mindset so who is your shiro and why well you know i thought about this a lot when i was filling that out because there are so many people so many that i admire tremendously but i really while she probably gets mentioned a lot, um, I picked Brene Brown because I really love that she brought shame out of the closet. And shame has been used against women in so many ways, right? Over the, over the years. We have been shamed into silence for things that we shouldn't even be ashamed of. And it's, it was a tactic that companies use, not even just on women, but just on men, too. Um, and I think it really, it, it's a collective awareness she did with her books and her research, a collective awareness of what we're doing. Because sometimes I think we do things just because that's the way they've been done. 
And we don't yeah. stop and think about the damage we're doing. So I love that she got us talking about shame. Because who wanted to talk about that before, right? Yeah. And no one wanted to say, I'm ashamed or that made me feel shame. You know, yeah. nobody was having those conversations before that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Brilliant. All right. So how can listeners get hold of you, Gina? Well, I'm on LinkedIn and it's Gina Stracuzzi, like Jacuzzi, but S-T-R-A. And, um, you can find out me on the website, which is the Institute for Excellence in Sales. And it's uh, www.i4esbd.com. That was business development, but we dropped that. Um, so, yeah, I'm around. Well, I'm glad you are around. Gina Stracuzzi, it's been uh, absolutely a pleasure speaking to you. I know we always have a great conversation. We do indeed. No less. (laughs) Thank you so much for being a guest on Scale Yourselves podcast. Thank you for having me, Janice. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Scale Yourselves podcast. If you like this discussion, feel free to listen to other episodes or watch the captioned show on YouTube and subscribe to future episodes. I would really appreciate it if you would leave a positive review on iTunes. Thank you.